0: Hi guys, welcome to session four. Oh, this session is so big and so beautiful and so emotional. Just really want to give Robin so much credit and love for showing up so vulnerably. It is really a gorgeous conversation where she is so real and I just cannot imagine how much it is going to serve everyone who listens to this. I do want to give a bit of a trigger warning here. We talk about loss and grief miscarriage, infertility, a lot of deep topics. And so please obviously make sure to listen with the right support and resourcing for that. But truly it is such a meaningful episode. I'm so proud that we get to air this and that we get to show you the real stuff that comes up behind running a business. And like, yes, it's about the business and also it's about so much more than that. So, I hope that you really get a lot out of this session. And if you listen, please go send Robin some love because we know how much vulnerability and gosh, just bravery it takes to show up in this way. So please make sure you acknowledge her if you loved it. Perfect. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to see you. Likewise.
1: How was your week? Um, yeah, it's been
0: hectic. All the things. I was going to give you a bit of a hard time and tell you you could be using Basecamp a lot more. You don't have to be, but wanted to (laughs) remind you that you very much could be if that feels good for you. So just wanted to bring that up, but maybe that coincides with you having a crazy week and it just not feeling like the right time.
1: Yeah. I think that when I'm sitting in like a processing reflection period, I'm just like in my head and in my body more than like needing external support. Yeah, I hear that. But yeah, I definitely think it was also like my husband's away. He's been away a lot this month. He's like gone so much. And my daughter just requires so much more than she ever has to with a million activities after school, a short school day, lots of events. She, I don't think she's had one full week of school since it started. Oh my God things. And then I'm volunteering in the classroom and all like, it's just very mom heavy. And I, I think the whole family needs to actually transition a little bit away from like me being as, I don't know, the I'm like the go-to parent, almost to the point where it's like assumed that I'll just like always fill in the gaps. And I think I just need to start seeing notice some things, especially like volunteering at the school every week and all the things that I do there.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that that, I mean, I think that that's such a difficult position to be in because it's both like a very physical thing. Like if your husband's away, you are like physically the responsible parent, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also such a mental load Mm -hmm. too, of being the one to carry all of that. So it's not like, well, he's here. Let's just like rework things. There's like a whole additional dynamic on top of that, right? Totally. And I think people whose partners go
1: and come back for work understand that the transitions alone are also their own thing. And it's not like when they're there that it's like, oh, everything's like back to normal. It's like when they're leaving, there's drama. When they come back, there's drama. You know, like kids are just like, it's hard for them to to transition between a parent leaving and coming home. So yeah. there's just been too much in my personal life. That's really like, it's getting to the point where I'm getting frustrated because I just can't focus in like enough chunks of time on like what I want to be focusing
0: on. Ah, uh, seeing you in that transition so much. My husband travels for work a lot too. I think maybe ours have different schedules, though. I think your husband's gone for like longer periods of time. So I imagine that's even more intense, but My husband travels right now. He's traveling like once a week for a few days each week. Usually it's like you're living two lives basically. Like there's like one life when he's there, one life when he's away. And the kind of whiplash of that is pretty intense. Exactly.
1: And I'm really trying to like be in my feminine more, but when he's gone, I'm very much like mom and dad. So I have to hold both energies and like a very, primal way and then it's hard for me to then just like soften and relax and it's that whiplash that's the perfect word for it.
0: I think this is such an important conversation that I know happens so often behind the scenes but I don't think I hear a lot of in our space really which is the real challenge of being the default parent and the business owner you know, I know I've talked about it with so many clients and so many mom, friends, peers, that kind of thing. But I think just being able to talk about it so openly is so useful of like, it is hard as shit when you are like the one that is the default parent. And also, you know, the CEO of your business and just kind of honoring that that needs a lot of space and navigation and nuance and how much it kind of requires of us. And so, It's not like I have one really solid piece of advice here. I mean, I think it's always something we're navigating and re-looking at the balance and dynamics of, but I really think the point I want to make here is just if you are in a similar situation, I hope this reminds you that it actually is really hard and you're actually not alone in that. You know, I know sometimes It can seem like, gosh, is this hard for everyone? And the answer is yes, it's hard for everyone. I think everybody finds their own rhythm and way of functioning best in it. But truly having both of those roles at the same time is a really challenging and heightened experience. And so if you are in that, I just wanna say we're seeing you in that. And I hope this just reminds you that it's okay if it feels challenging sometimes. Have you ever watched that documentary? I think it's on, I'll have to look it up for you. I think it's on Hulu, but I could be wrong, but it's called Fair Play. Mm-mm. It's super interesting. I would watch it. My Actually, Kenny found it and was like, we should watch this. And then afterwards, I'm sure he was like, oh, that was total wrong turn on his part, but it was actually really fantastic. <laughs> this woman who host it. She she was an attorney. I think her husband was an attorney or some kind of like equivalent role. So like basically like both big careers. And she just like realized how much she was holding that he wasn't. And she's like made it kind of her mission to talk about like sharing this like load and sharing like the mental load of it. And it's just like really, it might just even be like affirming that you're like, something needs to shift and I can't put my finger on what or how so anyway i'll send you the link for that because we think it might just be like lovely thank you (laughs) to have that (laughs) conversation yeah to be seen in that exactly but yeah do you feel like there's like something obvious for you there or do you feel like it's more of just like slowly kind of setting boundaries around like how much you're volunteering at school or what does it feel like that might be
1: i try really hard to not get into that energy of like being behind or like feeling behind. Yeah. Because it was something that was really it was one of my mindset blocks years ago mm-hmm. early in my business journey and it's just something I I've worked really hard at and I feel really confident at but like it's creeping in again. And I think it's just like physically I'm behind all day. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I literally like don't no, like even going to yoga. I'm like, I love it. I prioritize it, but it's two hours out of my day. And I only get a five hour window to work in my business. And it's like, by the time I drive there, do the class, come back. And then I have to shower and then I have to eat lunch. And it's like, you know, it's just some things are just that used to work are just not working anymore. And my husband is so amazing. He cleans, he, when he's home, he's like very present, very supportive, very helpful. But I think it's, as you say, it's that mental and the emotional of, like, I'm the one that's always figuring out our schedules. I'm the one that makes my work schedule fit with his, because it changes every month, his, like, flight schedule. Also, the emotions of my child. Like, he's gone for big holidays. And then, like, that's the end of the world for her. And so (laughs) – You know, I think a lot of me being involved in some of the the extracurricular things comes from that place of like overcompensating a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, like we had such a great rhythm. Things were working really well, but for whatever reason, it's like the same things that worked
0: are not working. I think that's what's so hard about being a parent too, is that as soon as you feel like something is nailed, it changes, right? (laughs) Totally. Totally. And so I think that's what I'm hearing is like things have maybe shifted for your daughter and her experience. And so then like that rolls on to you. And I think that's sometimes the hard thing about being the default parent too is that the other parent doesn't necessarily feel the knock-on effects of that change in the child. Like his schedule, his routine, his rhythm is quite the same. And you're like, my whole world kind of feels shook up now. Yeah. And then you have to teach when they come home that like, oh,
1: the system
0: <laughs> has changed. <laughs> Without also being like uh, an overpowering bitch. And yeah, it's yeah, just like a whole thing. Exactly. <laughs> you know, something that really pops up for me there that, I mean, you're obviously drawing this parallel, I'm sure, but how we were talking about like centering yourself in the business, it almost feels like in your life a bit too, it, you're wanting to feel that a bit more and mm-hmm. simultaneously feeling like you can't find the rhythm for that in the way that you used to be able to. I think some of that's probably like, hey, let's look at what shifts we can make. And I think some of that is also like the societal pressure of like, we should be able to do it all. And I just don't know any parent of a small child that is really able to do it all. So I feel like you know that might be something too, like you know, to rework a business, build another, take care of yourself, take care of a kid, have a husband that's a what, like, there might be a point where you're like, one of these things can't fit in the way I want it to. And I don't know if that's, like, depressing or relieving, but, like, I think that's worth saying because sometimes I feel like, especially in our space, like, there's such a pervasive narrative of, like, you can have it all, you can be it all, you can do it all, and you can do it all in your feminine energy and, 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 and. And I think, like, Some of that's like a little bit toxic. I want to really speak to this idea of kind of like the toxicity of doing it all. I do think as Robin said that there are some periods where it can feel like we are doing that, but I think the idea that we always have to be doing that is so challenging. And I think, you know, women are really in the best position we've ever been in in some ways of getting to like run these businesses from our homes and then also the idea that not should make it easier to do it all can be really toxic so i shared a bit of this with robin but wanted to say it here too of like you know over the since i've had bennett like my intention with the business has not been growth at all and that's okay there's just only so many things that i felt like i could hold in that season and being in a season of maintenance versus growth really really supported me and i feel like in our space in some way that can be frowned upon where it's like but wait you're supposed to show everyone that you can be like the mom and you know do all of these things and for me i'm like being the mom and maintaining my income is like a wildly awesome goal for me personally, like, I don't want to put all this extra pressure on top of it. And so I just wanted to share that because I think that sometimes it feels like not only can we do it all, but we really should be doing it all. And I think like, just, you know, hearing that, like, actually we can make really, intentional decisions to not put ourselves through that is really important. And that just because we've had a season of feeling like we could do it all, it doesn't mean that we have the pressure to maintain that either. So I hope that is a good reminder.
1: And I'm really seeing how there's been seasons where that has been true for me, where like I have truly felt like I'm doing it all and everything is like beautifully Balanced in, like, a weird way and obviously not, like, perfectly balanced, but it just feels cohesive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like, I think maybe the thing that wasn't balanced was, like, prioritizing myself, but Mm -hmm. I just didn't realize it then. Yeah, totally. And now I'm in a season where I, like, that's a non-negotiable for me. And so now we're reorienting what balance, you know, air quotes, looks like for us and I think I'm just also not willing to sacrifice my dreams, my goals, my vision, my health, my sanity in a way that we've been conditioned is the martyr mother way.
0: Right. Like even the example of like, okay, so maybe in order to put you back into like a a place of importance in your family system, what has to fall off is how much you're volunteering at school or whatever. And I think that that can feel so triggering because it feels like, but we're supposed to be able to do it all. I'm supposed to not have to sacrifice one for the other. And I think like, like you said, I'm not saying that can never happen in a season, but I think the idea that that's always what's happening or that there should always be space for all of that is really hard too, because there is only so much space in a day, you know?
1: Yeah. You said, I don't know it was Instagram a few weeks ago, but it's just not the season for that. Like that really landed with me because I am in that transition of like a lot of things that were possible in a previous season are just no longer possible in this season. And there's a bit of grief around that. And also a little bit of that like frustration of like, I want it to work so badly. Like the reason I wanted to build this business was so that I could be available for volunteering, that I could be more involved Mm -hmm. and and, you know, like, I think that is, again, like, it was possible because I just didn't have the same goals that I have for the next year. And so
0: there there just have to be trade-offs. Totally. I'll just give you my example. But, like, if I think about a lit-up life over the last year and a half, and it's 18 months now, like, I sustained the business really well, but that was certainly not my season of growing or going after big goals in the business. And I think that, like, sometimes we're just not honest with ourselves about all of that or what we're, like, think we're supposed to be able to accomplish. Like, I could not have, like, breastfed for a year and, fuck, shown up and been awake and all the things and really hit major growth goals. Like, I'm sure maybe other people could. Maybe they prioritize differently. But for me and the things that mattered for me, like, that was one of the, like, quote, unquote, sacrifices I would say that we made. But I don't think that that has to be bad. And so I think what you're saying is you were in a really similar season to that. Like you were like, I'm really happy with my business. I'm happy with the sustainability. I like one-on-one. And now like your goals have changed. And so your life has to kind of change to orient to those, right? Yes. Nailed it. Exactly that. Which is super hard to accept. (laughs) Totally. And I'm having
1: this like like, I've I've got my strategy, my launch strategy. I've got, you know, we have decided on the name and I've got, I've been working on the branding and all those things. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to share that with her. And then I was like, oh, okay. You're so excited to talk about this. Like, what are you not looking at? And I was like, oh, there's like a shit ton of mindset stuff here that I'm like really just, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know, thinking
0: that the doing will kind of like take care of. But then the more you try to do the doing, the more you're like, wait, <laughs> something yeah. is physically not working. And I, I hear you on that idea of behind. I think what's interesting is, tell me if this is true, before when you had all of it to work through, it was more of a mindset construct. And now it's resurfacing again, but it's like more of a physical construct of like, there's mm-hmm. physically not enough time. Or before it was like, there probably was enough time. It was just mentally you were kind of like doing a thing to yourself. And now you're like- I want to go after this mentally, but physically there's like a limitation around the amount of childcare hours I have basically. Totally.
1: And I'm just like feeling that victim mindset creep in, which like really pisses me off, but I'm just being honest. It's there. It's like I've invested so much, you know, and I think people will relate to this when like for me, for example, in my business, my mindset's always been pretty good because I've always had amazing evidence. And In other parts of my life where there isn't that evidence, it's harder for me. Like, I have to work way harder on my mindset. But I'm noticing that it's starting to leak into not my existing business, but the changes we're making for the future, because there are new things that I don't have the evidence for. And I think, like, a previous version of me wouldn't even have thought about the what ifs or like wouldn't even have projected any of the other mindset stuff onto it. But yeah, I've just been in such a hard season of life that the mindset pieces are,
0: they're just not contained just there. I mean, so many things come up for me there, but what what comes up for me the most, and tell me if this feels true or not, but is like, you just went through such a hard and traumatic thing that you couldn't control and I think correct me if I'm wrong still don't fully understand.
1: Yeah, there's no answers.
0: They've done every every
1: test that they can do and there's no no answers.
0: Nothing will fuck your mindset up more than that. Right. And so I think that at the foundation of mindset is almost like this universal belief that we have. Like whatever it is for someone, whether it's like I believe that in the law of attraction, or I believe in God, or I believe in what, like, and I think that I'm assuming like that probably rocks your foundation so fucking hard that like to then go believe in something you have no evidence for, haven't seen and believe with all your heart and kind of have that level of vulnerability in your belief is such a wild ask of yourself. And so I feel like that's worth talking through, but it's also like, You know, you gotta give yourself a little bit of grace in that because damn, that's that's not an easy task to overcome, you know. Yeah.
1: There's like a loss of innocence. Oh my god, totally. That like feeling that you're like held, that like and it's just so core to like who I am in the world and like how I've always
0: lived my life. Do you feel like your brain's reconciled that yet? Or maybe that's like what you're asking of yourself here is to find some reconciliation there. Yeah. Like I'm a relentless optimist. I'm just wired for optimism. I've always
1: been wired for optimism and that's the mind fuck here. Cause it's like, it's not just like the other, you know, like we're all scared of the other shoe dropping. Like we all have these like fears and anxieties and I've always been able to quell them and been like, whatever like things work out like have faith god's got you like i've just always had that sense and it's just like that is completely gone yeah and it's like bad things do happen and sometimes your worst fear does come true and sometimes the thing that you're anxious about will happen Yeah, and it's like there's strength there because when it happened you realize you can survive it so like okay you'll figure it out. Like, and I think that's the part that's strong now is like, I believe I'll always figure it out, always. But the piece that's just so wobbly is like bad things happen and life can change like on a dime and then what? There's just
0: like less excitement. Oh, I feel that so much. I feel what you're saying there so much. This is not the same experience at all. So not to compare, but just to say, like, I really get that loss of innocence. I lost my dad shortly after having been it. And like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I just like didn't think that was going to happen. Like I was like, nah, things work out. This will be fine. I'm trying to like articulate this and it's not coming out prior, but then to like come to the other side of that where it's like, oh, sometimes I don't work out. And it's like super not fine. And, you know, you kind of have to like pick up the pieces of that. I think like you said, is like, you really do lose some of that naivete of like, nope, I hold this truth. It happens. It works out. And obviously there's like this much grander vision of like, maybe it did work out. Maybe that was perfect. But like, I think it almost doesn't matter because you still have to process the like physical what happened. And so I'm kind of hearing that what you're saying. It's not like you're not an optimist anymore. Don't believe that things work out. And I'm sure there's like a higher part of you that can like see a grander vision at play here, but it doesn't fucking matter when you still had to go through that and you still had to pick up the pieces and you still had to lose this idea that like your optimism is what fuels every result.
1: Exactly. And it's like when we think about the energy and the magnetism piece and who we are in the world and the energy we're holding and the way we're being and all of that comes first right before anything. And it's like, well, then what the fuck is there for me when I can't hold the energy anymore of like being that energy? Like it was always so easy for me to wear the energy I want it to hold. Yeah. And, and now I can't because that's just not honest. And it's just like super inauthentic and I'm just so raw. And it's like, this is who I am. And like, this is just what's real and honest, and I just don't have the energy to pretend anything differently. And
0: also, like, can I still create magic from this place? I think what you have, and tell me if this feels true or not. But when I when I hear what you're saying, and I think about like you pre this situation, I hear almost like an effervescence, like a a lightness, a like almost like floaty type of energy is what I'm hearing. And now the post this experience, I hear that it's hard to access that or to feel that lightness, but I feel that there's like a deep groundedness that has come from it and like a rootedness in yourself that maybe wasn't there previously. And so I wonder if it's like a bit of a reworking of like what gets me the result. Can be that as much as it was that, meaning like it can be the like deep roots as much as it was the light, you know, effervescence. Mm-hmm. Like, because I do think it's energy, but I also think like different energy still can create the same result. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's the same in the energy work world. Like, if you wanna make money, the fastest way to do it is to get grounded because money can like come to you when you're like in that grounded space. And so, like, I wonder if that's something to lean into like embody in a new way is like because that's what I heard you say is like that's what you have now is that like I can handle anything and there's like power in that. This idea that Robin's bringing up of like the loss of innocence that kind of comes when bad things happen is so real. I've personally had that myself as I was mentioning with the loss I experienced and, and the timing of it. And I've had so many clients experience it in different ways, some through infertility and and miscarriage and loss like Robin's experiencing here too. And I think that just naming that is so important that that loss of innocence of a, a certain viewpoint on the world is really difficult to navigate. And I think sometimes it feels hard to name what that feeling is or say it, but I think Robin did a really beautiful job of articulating it but also wanting to acknowledge that that conversation we had on the power of the groundedness that comes from that of, I can handle things. I can handle, you know, like Robin's like, I can handle anything now. Right. And I think as, as much as we kind of wish we could go back to that naivete, the groundedness and the energy behind I got this is so big and so rooted and so, important in so many ways. You know, I think that sometimes we feel like once we've created things from a certain energy that we have to be in that energy again, like, like we were talking about with Robin and the truth is like different energies can create the same result. And, and you know, there's nothing that says like you being more grounded and certain versus you being more like light and optimistic, like both of those can get you to the same place. Right. There's no like right or wrong. And so if you kind of really resonate with that, I would just remind you of finding that rootedness and groundedness and belief within yourself and the trust that you can handle things. Like though we might wish those things didn't happen and didn't have to be there, if they did, that is a takeaway that you can have that can often feel a bit more empowering than like, oh, bad shit just happens. Because like, yeah, bad shit just happens. And if you can really find your self-trust in that, it can be really supportive and moving forward.
1: Yeah. And like, even with like coaching, you know, I think as coaches we're scared to talk about the hard stuff or to be like personally vulnerable because we don't want our clients to think we're not equipped to hold space for them or, you know, to see us as, yeah, it's just a weird line. And I was so scared, to be honest about it, because I didn't want my my clients specifically to think that I, I couldn't hold them in the very real things or censor themselves in our mm-hmm. sessions. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've just had it reflected to me over and over and over again that I'm like just so much better as a coach by being able to like truly set with like the full spectrum of what it is to go through the ups and downs of not just life, but business and how the two can intersect. And it's like, I'm bringing that to my job, but
0: it's harder for me to give to myself than it ever has been. Totally. Well, I mean, I think that like back to the evidence thing, I think you have so much evidence and belief stacked up around your clients and their results and your ability to hold it for them. What's shaken is is your ability for yourself. And I think those are just like vastly different things. Personally, I think the, the idea that what we're going through precludes us from like holding someone else is just like really not – like I, I mean, you know this, but it's worth saying like if you know what it truly takes to hold someone, what it mostly takes is almost like leaving yourself, like kind of like mm-hmm. I am not here right now. I am in this. So I think a lot of times in our seasons of grief, like we're actually even better. Coaches, because we need that outlet. And so it's like giving us as much as it's giving them. So I I think that's helpful to remember. But I hear you in that, like, you can still hold it for them, but it's really hard to hold for you. Yeah.
1: I just feel like my soul is naked. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's cool because there's like a blank canvas in a way because everything has changed. But from a mindset piece, it does feel really overwhelming.
0: Well, yeah, it's almost like back to like mindset 101. What do you even believe, right? Exactly. Where before you had like a very specific construct. And so it was really easy to put things through that almost like machine in a way to be like this thought goes into this machine, this thing gets spit out. And now you're like, I don't even have a machine anymore. I don't have tools. I don't have a construct. And I think that that's like really disarming and it's also really hard because then on the flip side like you're just trying to like get shit done and so it's like (laughs) you're trying to like get shit done without the belief kind of there and it's like you almost probably can't even decide where to put your attention it's like do I do all this work do I go back and reset the foundation do I decide what all of this means mindset wise or do I just like Put that on ice for a minute and like go build some landing pages, right? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly my brain. <laughs> I think this idea of basically like reworking the entire foundation of what you believe, right, is such a big, important work and it impacts business so much because like the center from which we operate, the beliefs from which we operate impact every single action we take, Right. And so I think it can be really easy to almost feel like, okay, this is like a whole big conversation that has nothing to do with business, but in some ways it has everything to do with business because our business is built on the beliefs we have. You know, I really can't say that in a different way or or make that important enough. Like our business is truly built on the beliefs that we have, right? So being able to rework what those are and create a new foundation is wildly important and valuable as an entrepreneur. Also as a human functioning in the world, might I add, right? But like for the context of business here as an entrepreneur, knowing what that is, is really helpful. Sometimes I've even had my clients do a bit of um, brain dump on what I would call like their business religion. Like what is your set of beliefs in business? Like how do you interact? What is the lens through which you're looking at everything? And so just remembering that if that foundation feels rocked for you, like maybe it's not the time to go to it. Kind of like we were talking about with Robin, like maybe sometimes we need a little space from what has happened to process. But if you feel like your foundation is really rocked and you're at a point where it's time to rebuild it, like really going there and looking at what are the beliefs here? What are the new beliefs? What has my experience taught me that I need to rework in my experience and beliefs around the world and business? And, you know, everything. So I hope that is just a helpful reminder that sometimes we need space from that. And also sometimes that's exactly where we need to lean in. And I hope it reminds you to do that in whatever way you most need to. Tell me what feels true for you here, but I'm more inclined to say it's the season to go. What does this all mean? Because I think you've had a little space from it. Like I think if we were even a month or two back, I would say put it on ice, fuck it. Now's not the time. Go build your landing page, revisit. But I kind of feel like this is coming up now because you're probably ready to process it now. But I'm I'm curious what you think there. Yeah. And I think I'm in the season
1: of like sacred rage a little bit where it's like, it was like two full-time jobs just going through IVF. And then it was like having super severe morning sickness, throwing up over 10 times a day (sighs) for 20 weeks. Like all of that was like its own beast. And it's like, all of those things took me away from a growth stage of my business, which is like my happy place. And now it's like, I, I get to grow, but also I have nothing to show for like the
0: pause, you know? Mm. When you say you have nothing to show for it, do you mean specifically in the business or does it almost just feel like period?
1: Well, I like consciously decided to just maintain the business because my priority was elsewhere. So like for sure in my business, like I haven't grown, like my content creation is like, like five posts a month kind of thing. Like, also, like I, I didn't have to do more than that. So I didn't try, but like I would have loved to have had more capacity to like bring in new people into the world and my business and, and you know make some awesome master classes and I had goals that like I couldn't it just wasn't the season for. So I'm like now in a place where I want to do that, but then also like there's grief because that should have been possible like months ago. And I guess it is like across the board, like I'm less fit than I was before the mm-hmm. pregnancy. I spent so much of my, I could have bought a house with the amount of money we spent on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I obviously wasn't as present with Isla while I was puking all day. Like there's just like all these things. That, and then that's the victim mindset where I'm like, you're not a victim. Like you chose to do IVF. You chose all these things too. You chose to maintain your business. And, like, I really don't – like, I really don't want
0: to play the victim. I think there's a really, 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 really big difference between I live life as though I am a victim and I actually am feeling victimized by this situation. I think, like, giving yourself some grace there feels really relevant. Like, I don't think that you're someone who lives life as though you are a victim, but I think that you had – you know, one of the most traumatic experiences you can have as a mom happen. And you are going to feel victimized by that. You know what I mean? Like I just think maybe we can find a different word, but I think the feeling you're having is real and normal. And I think trying to turn that off really means you have to turn off a lot of grace for yourself in this season too. And I don't think that's quite fair to yourself. Do you know what I mean? totally yeah I'll think of a different word but the point being yeah like, there is both and there like I think that I can't imagine that anyone could walk away from that situation without the takeaway kind of being like holy shit how did I get here how did that happen to me how do I have to deal with all this you know mm-hmm. you do not have to answer this at all but I just do wonder if it's like important context here so I'll ask it but then obviously tell me your line but do you mm-hmm. see trying again or taking that further? Or does this feel like an end point for you and you're processing that as well?
1: Well, and I think that's the other part that's like fucking with me is because like, it just feels like someone's missing in our family. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like ever gonna go away or, and I don't know if that means that like, a part of me really, really still doesn't want another child or if it's, like,
0: just the fact that there's a void that's always going to be there. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, is it the void of her and who she was and who she could have been or is it the void of, like, another child in our family?
1: Yeah. And, like, if you had asked me even a month ago, it would have been, like, I am exhausted. I am done. Like, I don't know. Like, even just the capacity that you have to hold to like go through IVF stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, I just don't see myself quitting. Yeah. Like I'm not at that point where I'm like
0: fully done. I think that's another reason, so to speak, to like go to like, okay, let's rework this foundation. What do I believe now? What does this mean? What do I think about the world? Because that, is what you're going to bring with you into the next stage of trying or deciding or whatever that looks like. And and having to go into that without that foundation reset is probably going to feel – I mean, it's already going to be like the hardest thing ever. And so add to not feeling like you have that. I think it would just mess with you in such an extreme way that it feels like that's probably worth it because it sounds like you know, you want to move forward, but there's still question marks there. But I imagine like even that kind of blooming is really Mm -hmm. heavy. Totally. I really, really,
1: really feel like I need to, like I've done a lot of the integration, but like there's new levels, new devils, you know, or like the same devil, but like a different version of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now I'm at this stage of like, what's next? There's like a full identity change.
0: And what matters. Totally. Totally.
1: Yeah. It's like everything I felt like got burnt to the ground and now I'm rebuilding. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so like what gets to come with us and what no
0: longer fits. And what's the priority I feel like is so relevant here too. You know, like it feels like there's so many competing elements right now as – as makes sense in this situation, but it's like the like, what kind of mom am I being and how present am I, what kind of business owner and how much can I grow and scale? What kind of wife am I being and what kind of energy am I bringing to that? What am I doing for myself and how am I centering myself and taking care of my body? That's just been through a lot. Like feels like all of those are almost like of equal importance right now. And that tug between all of them probably feels really, really intense. I think something really important to note here is that Robin is not only asking like what's next, but I think what she's really asking is what matters, right? And having to really look at her priorities in a new way. And I think at different seasons, we all really have to do that because it is just so easy for all of the priorities to stack and kind of become on the same level. And that is obviously when it gets really, really difficult. And so. Yeah. Sometimes we want to know what's next. What's the plan? What's the, you know, like, what am I stepping into? But also sometimes we need to be like, but of the things that are currently here, what matters, what's important, what needs my attention the most. And I think being willing to do a conscious reworking of that definitely regularly, but also based on like changes and seasons in life is so important. And so I think the point I want to make here is sometimes when we're asking ourselves, like what's next, what's next, what's next, What we really have to stop and ask alongside that is what matters? Do I know five priorities? Do I know, you know, where my time needs to go most? Do I know where things fall in this season I'm in? And so this is a reminder to not only ask what's next, but what matters and really, really know that answer for yourself so that you can act in alignment with your priorities and not feel like you have to do everything all at once, all at the same time, all perfectly, because that never, ever gets us where we want to go.
1: So intense. Like yesterday, my daughter said to me, she said, I hope that you have another baby so that I can be an aunt one day, because she's really close to my brothers who are her uncles. And I guess at school, they were talking about family stuff and, and who lives in their house and all that. And she was like, mom, do you promise that you'll just keep working at it? Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, gosh, that made me cry. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I just feel like I failed her. Yeah.
0: Do you really feel like that? Like, does that feel like truth in your body right now? Or do you know, like, it wasn't your fault, but it, it's hard in those moments?
1: I do feel like I failed her because her innocence also got destroyed in this process. She was old enough to understand. She's turning seven in March. So like, she totally gets it all. I'm just so in my head about it too, because I'm like, this is also going to blueprint in her mind for like (laughs) when she's our age, becoming a mom or like thinking about conceiving and all of that. And I, I just feel like I'm constantly just trying to protect her from it all. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I feel like I've really failed her there. And I think another part of the mindset piece is like, I got pregnant on the first time with her. I wasn't even trying. It was so easy. Everything about her was easy. I didn't even know how good I had it. And so then the mindset piece is like other things that have been easy for you can also become hard for Mm -hmm. you.
0: Like business. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, because business has always been easy for me. Yeah. And so then it's like, well, is that a belief now that I'm like subconsciously bringing in or is that a truth that I just need to sit with or is that like a projection that I'm like manifesting in other parts of my life? I don't know. But I do feel like I am all over the place in terms of really wanting to be an amazing mom to her Mm -hmm. and like really struggling with what that means in this
0: aftermath. It's so interesting because two things really come up for me there. One is like, it almost feels like some of the work is like an acceptance of that loss of innocence in yourself which will make it easier to accept that in her, you know? Yeah, that is so true. I also think Glennon Doyle says this thing that I think is so relevant here, which is like about how like it's not our job. I forget exactly how she says it, but it's not our job to protect our kids from the fire, but to like – she says it really eloquently, but it's basically like to hold their hands and walk them through it. Mm -hmm. And so – What comes up for me is, like, what is blueprinting onto her more than your loss right now is you holding her through it. Yeah. And that I know you're excellent at. That's what you do all day for everyone. And I know that you probably do it best for her. Yeah, I feel really confident with that. You have such an attunement to her. You are so, like, physically present for her but also mentally and emotionally right like to me like you know that is what kids remember yeah it's not necessarily what happened in their family but how it happened and how they were held in it
1: totally yeah and how she felt and how like I think the family energy felt like my husband and I have done a really good job, I think, of like really being strong together and like keeping her world the same, you know,
0: outside of it. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I wonder if that's something you can like not even give yourself grace for, but like praise for, you know, I think the idea that you failed her is when you could definitely shift into like you probably <laughs> showed up for like the hardest parenting thing you could you could show up for which is like going through your own stuff and having to hold and support her in something that she's also old enough to like know and understand I mean that's like the parenting Olympics you know <laughs> yeah and so I don't I don't think that failure is the thing there although like I totally honor that it feels that way but I think that like really that who you are being to her in it is like is the real blueprint you know Mm -hmm. and I think quite similarly in business ironically like I think all businesses will go through hard times so I think it actually is true that even if it was always easy for you it doesn't mean it will always be easy Mm -hmm. but I think the same line of thought applies which is like But like, you know, you will always handle it and show up. And like, that's what makes a great entrepreneur and a great business. Like no business is easy for 20 years, you know? totally. (laughs) Yeah. But like how the CEO handles the tough times is really like the single biggest indicator of like what will happen and how successful it will be like, you know, long term. And so I feel like that could be like a helpful reworking Is like, it's not the like, will it always be easier? Like, will you know, she never have to like hold these challenges. It's really like, what do we do within them? You know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I obviously have had hard seasons in my business, but I just don't see them as hard. I just see them as like inevitable. And I just see Mm -hmm. them as like, you know, I think of them as seasons like, oh, this is winter. This is when I have to sow more seeds. I'm not like necessarily reaping right now. And I just don't have this, what I call the yo-yo CEO. Like I don't have this up and down emotional response to my business ever really. I'm just like very objective about it. But in this parenting journey, in this pregnancy journey, in this like other part of my life, I'm just like a fucking up and down roller coaster.
0: Well, I think two things there. One is like the business piece is helpful to you there. I think that's an incredibly strong construct of like what you're not saying is that you expect the business to always be easy. You're just saying that you're really good at holding neutrality. That I think can remain true. Like that can be Mm -hmm. unchanging. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm like, yeah, of course. Like I'm not rocked by it as much as I am in. um,
0: Yeah. I think such an important point Robin is bringing up here is the idea that business won't always be easy, but that we can consistently have an easy time managing the challenges. And I really, really think that's what is alive here is that Robin hasn't always had it easy in business because who has, right? But what she has always had is a really grounded, neutral frame that made it easy to manage the challenges. So I think it can get scary when we're like, wait, business has always been easy for me. What if it gets hard? But when we, can go, well, business actually hasn't always been easy for me, but what's true is my ability to navigate it. Kind of like we were talking about before, coming from that really grounded place of like, I can handle anything. So with business, it's like, of course, it's not always going to be easy. In fact, like the expectation that it won't always be easy actually serves us greatly because then when it happens, we're not thrown, we're not like, oh my God, this was always supposed to be easy. What's going wrong? We're like, yeah, 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 of course there was going to be a hard season. That was always true. Anything that has like longevity, like business, right? We've been in it for years are going to have seasons, are going to have ups and downs, just like relationships, being a parent, all of that, right? And so having an expectation that those things will happen is useful alongside having the belief that you can have an easy time managing even the hard seasons. And so just remember like the goal isn't things will always be easy for me. That's not the reality and it's not the kind of pressure we wanna put on. The goal is I can have an easy time managing challenges is really it. And that's what's most in our control and that's where we're gonna find most of our power. Yeah, and then secondarily, like, of course, like, business is so much easier in many regards to hold neutrality around than some much bigger, like, life, grief, loss situation. But I think it, it almost tells you that you're having appropriate emotional reactions. Like, again, I think that maybe you're being quite hard on yourself here of, like, I should be bringing more neutrality to like this other situation or this loss or this grief. And like, the truth is you're really good at bringing neutrality when appropriate. And you're really good at letting yourself go there and experience all of the like rage and sadness, and grief and frustration and loss when appropriate. Like to me, these are like you're holding like best case scenario in all of these. Does that make sense? Like best case scenario when you go through loss is you fucking get in it and you go there and you feel the things and you process it and you go through the yo-yo. Best case scenario in business is you stay pretty neutral and you don't let it back, you know, like fuck with you so much. And like, so I feel like you're, I want to just, you're getting it right. (laughs) Wow which maybe is bad news because it doesn't feel great, but I think it could be <laughs> good news on the other front.
1: <laughs> no, I think that's so helpful because I've been really judging myself a lot because mindset's something that I've always like, like prided myself on too. Yeah.
0: I think it's such a hard thing because it's such a nuanced concept that doesn't typically have a lot of nuance in our space, which I know is something you believe in. And we were talking about last time a ton, but it's like, mindset is so valuable and important. And when mindset means you don't feel your big feelings, you don't have emotions, you don't process grief, then it's a problem, you know, kind of like how we were talking about like the idea that you can have it all as a mom and that we started these businesses to do that is positive. And then it gets toxic on the side of like, so you must do it all. You know, Mm -hmm. I think there's just like a lot of both and here. And like, I feel like your starting point is like, I'm getting this right. You know, that is the place with which you rebuild some of this mindset foundation and some of this belief foundation, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I really appreciate that perspective.
0: Have you ever read Conversations with God? hmm Do you know that like little parable in it about like the little soul in the sun? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have you thought about that in relation to what you've gone through? No, I haven't. I'm gonna send it to you, just like the little one. Yeah. So, like, I know you probably have the book, but just so you can, like, I, I just think that that might be helpful. It's just coming up really strongly for me here. Thank you. So, I wonder if, like, the starting point here is obviously that, like, you're getting it right, but also, like, the putting words around that. Like, I wonder if you could sit down with like, what is my new belief system, which obviously is like an incredibly (laughs) large ask. So I don't think you need to like write it all out and have it in perfect segments. But I think to even just start there might be really helpful because I imagine it's quite different from what it was, you know, a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I think it's hard to
1: separate what's like true in grief and then like what's true
0: also like universally. Say a little bit more there. I'm hearing you, but Try to try to take me a little further. Like, um, my
1: experience of grief has that there's so much hardship to process, and also there's so much beauty. Like, there's been more aliveness, more connection, more uh, just so much beautiful, like unexpected things in there as well. And everything's heightened. <laughs> so it's like, okay, like that's true in like this season which is also like not necessarily sustainable for every season, like the intensity of everything. So just like separating, I think for me separating like belief from like the feeling around a belief, like the charge around a belief. There's an emotional charge around things right now that's
0: loud. I wonder if there's a way to rework that to feel like what I hear in that is like, can I trust this season? Mm -hmm. And I think if anything, grief is probably the most clarifying season. So I think you can really lean and trust what feels true in it. And yes, it might feel slightly heightened, but I actually think that that's, that's, the full experience of life. And so you think whatever is coming through for you right now, I wouldn't necessarily write it off because it has heightened emotion attached to it. I would probably lean in pretty hard there and see what it has to say to you. Okay. There's this, I think it was in The Untethered Soul, but it was like a Mickey Singer thing. And he talks about um, how this yogi he knew talked mm-hmm. about like living life with a sword over his head. Mm-hmm. And I think that's grief. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but like, fuck, that's clarifying. (laughs) Yeah. So it feels like, I mean, if I could like summarize this, it feels to me like there's a pieces of you that are like, I am wrong Mm -hmm. in this. I am not getting this right. I am failing and I can't trust myself. And it makes sense that all of that's coming up when you have like Mm -hmm. such an unexpected loss, like of course. Mm -hmm. And also I think it's like, I'm getting it right. I actually probably have more clarity in this season than I might have again for a really long time in my life. So I want to take every ounce from it that I can and I can trust that. Yeah, that feels so empowering. I really like that. It feels like, yeah, like your spidey senses are turned on kind of thing and you want to like, ooh, okay, well, if that's that's what I got out of this and like, let me milk that for what it's worth. Like, I can see why the goal in your brain is like find more neutrality because it's super painful to be in. But I also think that like that will come with time. And so just, you know, savor the intensity and what it's teaching you, you know, all of that's way fucking easier said than done, by the way. (laughs) So I'm not trying to be like, you know, just savor it. It's totally fine. But like, I think it's more like trust what it's teaching you. So I just want to say how important I think this, you're getting it right piece is. I think both objectively from the sense of like being able to bring neutrality to the business and not bring a ton of emotional charge to the business is really, really healthy. And also being able to feel our big emotions and deal with the big emotions of what happens to us, the grief, the sadness, all of that is so valuable as well. And so like, I think objectively, like, this is a helpful lens to be like, okay, like, can I let myself process all of my big fields? Right. And also like, can I work on bringing more neutrality to the business? I think that's a really beautiful lesson here, but I think a a bigger and even more important lesson is how we're getting it right when we use what's here to teach us. Right. So instead of kind of pushing against it so hard, which of course we want to, because we don't want these hard things to show We don't want these hard emotions when we can go, but this is what's here and it can teach me. I do think there is beauty in that. I, I wouldn't say there's ease necessarily at all, but I do think that there is a way that we move through things differently when we're using it to teach us. And I think that's really kind of like the beautiful thing Robin is, is able to take from this and take with her from this is that like, not only is she getting it right, but she has been getting it right because she's using what's here to teach her. So I just wanted to kind of share that for whatever season you might be in as a reminder. And I also wanted to make a quick note as we wrap up this episode that I know Robin has great support. And I also know that I have a background as a therapist and I am very much not a therapist. And so, the conversation really didn't need to go into that realm of like, do we have additional therapeutic support here? Because I know she's very supported. I'm not saying it never will or would never be a conversation, but It just felt important to note that because I think in some circumstances, if a client is dealing with a pretty big situation and a massive amount of grief, it is totally appropriate as a coach to say, Hey, I want to make sure you have therapeutic support here. Hey, I want to make sure you have a space to process this in addition to what's coming up here. And so I just felt like that was important to name because it didn't otherwise come up because I know Robin is incredibly supported in her life, but, if you're listening to this and you're like, gosh, am I supposed to support a client like that? No, that's not necessarily the takeaway. Like the takeaway is if they have this coming up, of course you can support them to the extent that is reasonable in terms of what you you know have in your container. And also don't be afraid to say, hey, I'm seeing you and how much grief is coming up for you here, do you have a therapeutic container too? process and be held in that. And so just a little reminder, like, obviously you get to handle the situation in whatever way makes sense for you and your client, but permission to ask that and not feel like you have to kind of be in that therapy role. And also to find your line in that, right? Like Robin is really processing here in a beautiful way. And I know she's deeply held and okay. And. If there was more coming up, I think it would be really, really important to name that directly. So very long (laughs) clip-in and winded way of saying, you are getting it right if you are using what's here to teach you. You're getting it right if you can bring some neutrality your business, you are getting it right. If you have a ton of big feels and emotions and are processing it, you are getting it right. If you hold space for a client to process something big, you are getting it right. If you make sure they have therapeutic support outside of your container too, all of that is relevant. So I hope this was supportive for you guys.
1: Yeah. I feel like I've been really good at being present with it, but also judging it. Yeah.
0: Well, I think sometimes it's interesting because I I very much identify with this, but I think what you've always prided yourself in is the neutrality you can bring to your business. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we like conflate that with like that being the the thing we need to bring to every other area, mm-hmm. you know? And it seems to me like you were saying like the rage. What? How did you say it? You said it more beautifully than that.
1: Yeah. That's, there's just so much sacred rage.
0: Sacred rage. That's right. Yeah. Like That feels so relevant, like even with like the dynamics in your family, like can you bring the rage to it of like, I cannot hold all of this instead of the neutrality of like, okay, I got this, I'll figure it out. Like, no, bring the rage, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of fire
1: there. I'm even feeling that in the brand and like the new mastermind and all of that. I'm like, this is like a real (laughs) – and it's new to me. That's another part that's new. Yeah. To me I'm like a, I'm a Taurus. I'm an Earth sign. I'm like always like yes. grounded. And
0: like yes. There's fire. Yeah. And and like I'm not saying this in like a scary way, hopefully, but like I'm a Taurus too. I feel like we're so similar in so many ways, but like we don't hold fire really well for a really long period of time. So while exactly. it's here, like use it, right? Like, cause yeah. if, like those flames won't feel as strong in a certain amount of time. So like use everything that they have to give you right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank
1: you. I feel so much better. I didn't even know what I needed from today, but yeah, you know, we ended up
0: here. <laughs> You're so welcome. I think like, I know it can feel like, oh my God, I just want to get to the business stuff, but I I just want to say like, this is the stuff that informs all of that, right? Is like going into like, okay, if I was fully in trust with myself and my needs in this situation, here's what I would do with the business. And it's like wildly clear, you know? And so I yeah. think just like coming back to like, what are my beliefs? What do I want from this fire, from this clarity, from this place where everything got burned up? Like, what? Am I really building from that? And so I think like this just gives you, yeah, like a renewed perspective to do that. Yeah, there's some impatience there and this was really helpful. Good. Okay. Well, I'm also here in base camp. So if you're like, there was practical stuff that I wanted <laughs> to get to, like obviously here for that too. So don't feel like we have to put that on hold either. Like both matter, of course, but I'm, I'm really grateful to you for bringing this. Thank you for holding faith. You're so welcome. All right. Keep me posted. I will talk okay. to you soon. Okay, bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to literally your precious earbud time means the world to me. And I'm incredibly grateful that you chose to spend it with this podcast. Your feedback is not only valuable, but essential to me on this journey. So if you've enjoyed the podcast and found it beneficial, please take a moment to leave a review. And here's the best part. To express my gratitude, I'll select one lucky reviewer each month to receive my ultimate mini course to maximizing results in one-on-one coaching. If you want to be an in-demand coach who's known for creating those epic results and getting epic results in your own business because of it, then this course is for you and you can grab the first module of it for free right now at alenoplife.com forward slash mini course.